Well, hello, White Sox fans. How you guys doing tonight? Hope you're doing spectacularly. My name is Ian Eskridge. I'm here with my co-host, the Danny Miller. How you doing, Danny? Uh, you know, I'm hanging in there, man. That's all I'm going to say. Had some uh, terrible news this weekend. Not going to get into it, but uh, you know, spring training has has been rolling for you know over a week now, and uh, getting to watch some baseball here and there, or at least you know watch some highlights. So that's always cool when I get the opportunity to actually see some ball. Uh, I am uh, wearing my White Sox t-shirt with the uh, red white and blue motif and the american flag in the background in honor of the start of the world baseball classic today so you know looking forward to uh trying to catch some of that so yeah you know the world isn't all bad how about how are you man how you doing yeah you know um just one of those uh one of those weekends i guess because we also got some bad news but uh none of that was related to uh the White Sox, so all good. Um, White Sox are sitting at six and four, fifth place in uh, the Cactus League for what it's worth, which is not much. Um, because if you look at the top of those standings, it's the Royals at ten and two. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> <laughs> Tells you everything uh, you need to know, right? Yeah, kind of weird. Um, but uh, they play the Royals tomorrow, I believe. Uh, if I remember correctly, and uh, it's available on their network. So if you've got MLB.tv, you can watch the White Sox against the Royals tomorrow. Um, yeah, we'll get into the uh, World ba- Baseball Classic later on tonight. Um, you know, it starts tonight, uh, Cuba versus the Netherlands and Taiwan. So, um, you know, we got two guys that are going to be on the – I would imagine the starting starting nine for Cuba. So, um, did you happen to catch the Yoan Mancata practice game home run from the other night? Uh just the highlight. Well, that's all you needed to see, then, isn't it? Right. <laughs> yeah. So you know, at least uh, you know, th- seeing Yoan in. Uh, Spring training, people were going, oh, here we go, because he's making lots of weak contact and everything. And uh, he gets into the uh, practice game over there, and he's lighting it up. I mean, I don't know who he's facing as far as pitching goes when he hit that home run, um, but he hit it pretty well. So right. let's hope that's uh foreshadowing of what's what's to come when he comes back from the WBC. We'll see what happens later on tonight, uh, see – you know, how he fares in the uh, WBC tonight. So it'll be uh, good to watch. Uh, we may or may not have something like that just kind of hanging out in the background if you happen to be watching the stream tonight. Um, may or may not have uh, something going on as far as video goes. Um, yeah, but uh got to say, um, a lot of good things coming out of spring training. Uh, and a few bad things as well, and uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of wanted to get into into that tonight. Um, you know, uh, I guess I'll get this out of the way. Uh, the ruling came down on the Mike Clevenger uh, case, and uh, there will be no discipline 
doled out by MLB. Now that means that they didn't find anything. Uh, we'll see. I'm sure that, you know, judging by what I've heard from uh, his ex, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of, uh, you know, civil suit coming on. But, um, yeah, I know it was a big deal when uh, before he was, uh, you know, released to, uh, well, at least when, when MLB announced that its investigation had concluded. Uh, right before that, a day or two before that, uh, his accuser deleted all her social media accounts. I would probably guess at the advice of legal counsel. I don't know what any of that really means. Uh, you know, maybe she was just tired of people adding her. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But, uh, you know, we'll just see how that goes. I'm not going to get into the the here nor the there of it because. You know, the thing is, is I, the one thing I see on the socials is there's a pretty definitive line, right? You know, where people are like, uh, MLB didn't find anything, so he's not guilty. And then the other side is like, nah, that dude is guilty as they come because he's a scumbag. And the only thing I'm going to say about the whole subject is I don't know him. I don't know enough about him. I've never met him. And I'm sure there's a whole lot of facts that none of us have heard or seen. Oh, so I'm sure there I'm is. Not, I'm not going to pass judgment one way or the other. And I'm just going to wait and see how everything plays out. And, you know, it is what it is, man. Because, honestly, it's out of our hands. There's nothing we can do about it. Really? So if you're on the side of the he's guilty and the Sox should cut him, well... You know, you're entitled to feel that way. That's your opinion. But uh, you have no control over it. So either uh, get, you know, get over it and get back to uh, watching baseball. Or if you're so gung-ho as to uh, protest, that's your that's your uh, objective or your, your prerogative as well. So, yeah, if you're convicted anyhow. enough to not watch baseball anymore, well, then take some time off. Um, yeah. But as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, there's no no discipline being doled out. So uh, it's back to baseball. And uh, with that. Um, yeah, right or wrong, he's going to play. So let's move on. Yep. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, so Lance Lynn pitched today. I uh, went uh, four innings. Um, looked, ha- looked pretty decent. Um and uh, improved upon his performance from last time he was out. Uh, not that you know last time was particularly bad, and we know that uh, guys are working on things in spring training, and that you know they will go out there and focus on one specific thing and uh, focus on the process rather than the results. As far as this goes, that I same thing I would say goes for Lucas Giolito on Sunday against the Dodgers. He left one up against. Uh, Mookie Boots and Mookie Boots proceeded to hit it over the fence. Um, that guy's so, pretty okay. Yeah, he's yeah, great at baseball. Um, so, you know, I, it's process over results at this point. Uh, and, and this goes for all of spring training. You know, I mean, you would rather see good than bad, of course. Absolutely. I you mean, know? you always want to see good over bad, but. Yeah. 
you know, we like we said last week, you can't put a whole lot into uh, spring training results. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's like, of course, I would much rather fluster book. Thanks for the follow. Appreciate it. Hey, um, all right. You know, of course, I'd rather see Lucas Giolito not give up a home run, leaving a fastball about belt high to Mookie Boots. But, um, you know, it happens. And especially in Arizona, um, you're going to see the ball flying, you know, right. out of the park. Well, not so much from the White Sox so far. You but, know, uh, I don't think it matters what pitcher you throw out there. I'm pretty sure that Mookie's confident he can do that against anyone so you know he's not going to do it every at bat but he's going to do that against everybody so i don't hold it against luke uh you know and again it's just spring yep it's and it's you know i mean it's uh we're what like a a week into games a a week and a half into games so far so um there's going to be a lot of growth to be had for the next you know couple of weeks and the guys that you see right now uh, due to you know the Magnus effect down in Arizona, kind of you know pseudo like uh, in Colorado, where the breaking balls don't necessarily do what they would do anywhere else, uh, due to the altitude and all that stuff. Um, you're going to see a lot more uh, break out of the ball when they come north, and right. uh, so uh, for pitchers especially. Um, when looking at their results, I think that there is something to be held back in, in that fashion. I mean, I, I, the baseball is going to be where the baseball is going to be as far as the hitter goes. Um, obviously the ball is going to break a little bit less, but you know, we're just, uh, we're just glossing the surface here, you know, here at the, at this point. So I'm not really, you know worried necessarily about the hitters that aren't doing what they should, you know, what you would think that they should be doing at this point, just because, you know, everybody's fresh. So, right. And, you know, as Sox fans, we, we go through this every year. We live in a, a home stadium climate that is a little bit unforgiving early in the season and can be later in the season as well. So what you're seeing in Arizona might change even more drastically when you get back to Chicago and, you know, let's say, you know, they're, they're down there and in some really awesome weather, but also really dry air. And you get back here and spring in Chicago can be a little wet and heavy and things are going to happen differently. And that's, it just is what it is. Yep. Pretty much. Um, so I know that you've seen the, uh, Oscar Colas at bat and you know you you can take what you want from you know the fact that it's spring training and that you know the the results don't matter but again process over results I think it's important to realize that watching what Oscar Colas is doing right now for the Sox down in spring training that there's a there's a definite maturation going on with his at bats. Now, you know, again, you know, it's spring training, so pitches don't necessarily move as much as, you know, you would think that they normally would up up north, but um I think, you know, to see Oscar Colas 
spitting on pitches that are just outside the black and seeing the ball that well that I think that there is definitely something to be said for that. I'm going to go ahead and bring up the uh, aforementioned uh, Oscar Colas at bat from earlier today uh, that I chopped up. And after watching this, all I'm going to say is, you know, I hope that he doesn't go through what Yoan went through in his rookie season with the, uh, you know, the eye. I don't see it, man. Uh, he's got a good eye, but he is way too aggressive, I think, to uh, to go through what Yoan went through. Yeah, Yoan uh, laid off what were you know proven to be a lot of balls outside of the zone. I th- but I think you're right. I think Oscar's probably going to put a little bit of wood on some of those that are that close. Yeah, I would I would say so. Uh, thanks for the follow, Paradox. What is it? Paradoxa Calidio. Thank you for the follow. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so, you know, as you saw with those pitches, you know, um, first, the first pitch was relatively close to the outside corner of the plate. Second one, a little less so. Uh, then the first pitch was inside, and he tried to he tried to mash it, you know, up 2-0. Good time to be swinging. Uh, fouls off the fourth pitch. Uh, fifth pitch is way outside, and then the other one drifted inside and, and low, and he ended up working his first walk, and he did end up having his uh, his first strikeout of spring training as well today. But two for three, I'll take it, you know? And that that's a far more mature at-bat than you would have seen from him last season, especially early on in the season, because... You know, anything that he could get his bat to at that point, he was swinging at. And he might roll over that. Um, it shows that you, it shows you're muted. Are you muted on your, on your desktop? Uh, well, there we go. Yeah, that it wasn't me this time. <laughs> no, it was all me. See, I wish I would have known what was going on. I, you know, I, I hear you talking to me saying, hold on. I didn't realize you were saying, hold on, because you couldn't hear me. Yeah, that's why. Um, but like, yeah, well, okay. I'm just going to sit here and let him do his thing. So continue yeah. on. What were you saying? I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, one thing I will say though, is, you know, again, spring training, uh, it is definitely a mature, uh, maturation for him. We do see, Hey, thank you. Thank you for the follow. Um, uh, we, uh, we, we see these these positives from him, but you know the one thing that I do notice is he likes that inside pitch, the inside hammer. You know, uh, if he can lay off of that one just a little bit more, I think we're looking at potential stud. You know, obviously, if he does, if he continues doing what he's doing in spring training, he's going to be a, a hell of a ball player. He already is pretty, you know, pretty well known for for what he's able to do with the bat. So, you know, I, I, can I go out on a limb and say uh, I see potential Roy out there? Well, I mean, you can say that if you want. I mean, that's going out on a on a pretty dangerous limb at this point, considering that we're ten games into spring training. But uh, you know, I wouldn't have said well, that I that would have said it before the, spring training. Yeah, I just Honestly. I wouldn't say that that's out of the you know realm of possibilities for for certain i wouldn't have said that before spring training even if he had you know was like uh you know 
in 21 at bats had three hits. I still wouldn't think that it was outside the realm of possibilities. But right. as it, as it goes, he's nine for 21 with one walk and one strikeout, and uh, you know he's only got one extra base hit so far, uh, a double which he smoked to the gap. And thanks to Nick Murawski for the, the video that he took in, uh, or for, I, I guess maybe, maybe it was somebody else's video. Nick posted a picture at least, but, um, you know, that guy hammered that ball and he's, he's hit some balls really, really hard. Um, foul as well that have gone really far that he just turned on a little bit too much. Um, so it, it's, the power's coming. I mean, we saw it all all last year in the minors, and you know, which at Daily White Sox on Twitter. If you guys are not following us on Twitter, um, you would have seen some of those bombs that he hit last year. The guy's yeah. powers, it's there. Lots so. of lots of lots of minor league highlight reels that you're gonna find on that uh, the old tweet box over there at Daily White Sox. Lots of lots hours hours. Oh, but yeah, if you scroll back through the timeline, <laughs> you're you know through the uh, the timeline of the uh, daily White Sox, you're going to see way more minor league highlights than you ever wanted to. Um, yeah, so right now, uh, Colas is slashing four twenty nine, four fifty five, four seventy six for a nine thirty one OPS. Yeah, that's you know. It's not half bad. Yeah, not not bad at all. <laughs> um, you know, the thing was, you know, especially with uh, a lot of people's apprehension to think that his game was going to translate very well and that he was going to really struggle. The fact that, you know, we watch it, you know, we stuck by him. But, um, you know, some people were, you know, kind of thinking that, he was going to go through a lot of growing pains and, you know, it, it, you know, again, 10, 10 games into spring training, but what you're seeing out of him is that even when he's not, uh, getting the pitches that he exactly wants and that the, the fact that he's not, um, outright punishing baseballs that have been mistake pitches yet, the fact that he's still nine for 21 at this point, is pretty remarkable and it, it you know the bat to ball is there so he can at least make something happen when there's two strikes yeah he he looks seasoned and i don't know if that's because you know he's maybe a year or two well some people would say age-wise he's a year or two ahead of other prospects of his stature let's say his ranking uh you know you got to remember that he also did miss pretty much an entire season because of the two. naturalization process. Two. Was it two? Well, you yeah, know, because yeah, I mean, he, well, you had COVID. Well, that's right. You're and right. Then there you're was right. also that. So he didn't play baseball for like two and a half years. So, right. you know, and then he gets injured at the very beginning of the season last year with a wrist in minor league ball. So you didn't see the power show up for a little while there as well. Now I have to imagine that some of the lack of power last year had to do with that. With that wrist injury. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, he still, you yeah. know, was hitting doubles, but I mean, 
So now we're talking about you're missing two full seasons of development and dealing with an injury last year and to see where he's at right now today. And again, yes, it's spring. We, you know, he's facing some pitchers that maybe not be, you know, top end of a rotation type guys, but everybody is, you know, you're going to see, you know, guys have been facing some minor league pitchers, guys that aren't going to crack rosters. That's what happens in spring. So you can't hold that against him. The fact that his numbers are better than just about every other guy out there on the, you know, on the White Sox should say something, you know, uh, I would like to see, you know, maybe he's a, I would say he's probably still in the development process as most rookies are. There's an acclimation period. There's, you know, growth to be had, you know, we often don't expect rookies to be in their best form in their first season two or three. So I think he's got a lot to offer. Uh, I can't wait to see him on a, as a regular every day. Like, let's go. Yeah. I mean, you know, he tapped into uh, tapped into the wall a little bit on Sunday as well. He got himself a taste. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Did. And uh, a little bit of bruising. But the, the awesome thing is he's back the next day. And he's playing again. So right. there wasn't any, you know, they didn't, he didn't take any time off. No, uh, woe is me. You know, my knee, I got, I got a little, uh, bump on my knee. I'm going to not play, uh, you know, well, for and a you week. know, my takeaway from that was it's the first right fielder we've seen in a while that would have even gotten to that ball down the, you know, the right field foul line where he ran into the wall. Cause it was only about halfway up the line between first base and the right field corner. And uh, he hustled, and he got there. And I would say the large majority of the right fielders for the White Sox over the last three seasons would not have made it that far. Might be a guy or two. You know, Adam Angle might have made it over there. You know, maybe Jay Glam. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of right fielders, uh, Andrew Vaughn is slashing 368, 429, 526. I was not expecting Andrew Vaughn's name to come out of your mouth. Well, you know, um, yeah, so he's good for a, a 955 OPS, and he's got seven hits, and um, just like Colas, he's got one extra base hit, which was a home run. Um, he's got two walks and two strikeouts, so in ratio, just like Colas. Uh, but it's in uh, 19 at-bats, so a couple less at-bats, but he's also hitting the ball, and... You know, again, we saw the power come out once, but for the most part, he's been hitting it where they ain't or hitting, you know, low liners for singles. And, uh, you know, it's, he's, you know, obviously he's going to draw comparisons to the guy that he's replacing. Um, so That's not fair. It is absolutely not fair, uh, but... Not fair to him. How about that? I'll put it that way. It's not fair to right. him. Uh, however, um, you know, for fans to be doing that, I can't say that I necessarily blame them because we've had good first baseman here for years now. You know, well, between a Frank couple. and Paulie and, you know, Jose, you know, he sprinkled Jim Tomey in there a little bit. You know, you've... Uh, Sprinkle. 
Yeah, well, you know, he was uh, he wasn't here super long, but he did some really good things the first few seasons he was there. Really enjoyed watching him play baseball. But yeah, it's it's difficult to uh try to put him on that pedestal this early in his career when he's finally he's just getting his his opportunity to be the everyday starting first baseman. Uh you know, I I have high hopes for him. Am I going to put him on that pedestal right away? No. But, uh, you know, if it's one thing the White Sox seem to perennially get production out of, it's first base. So maybe there's something in that organization that they've unlocked at that one position that, uh, you know, they just know and get, and they know how to develop it and get the best out of it. So I'm hoping that continues. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you can, you know, if you, you want to, uh, if you want to feel good about things, you can, and you you really are uh, hard up for making yourself feel better about the decision. Uh, you need not do anything other than look at the spring training numbers so far, where uh, Andrew Vaughn is hitting two hundred and one points higher than Jose Abreu. Uh, not that you know it matters. Dusky Hort, thank you for the follow. Yeah. You know, not that it matters, but, uh, Jose Bray is hitting 167 and I think he's got just as many home runs as Andrew Vaughn does. So, um, you know, at least that'll make you feel a little bit better about the situation. And, uh, we could also talk about the comments that Jose Bray made, uh, in the inner, in an interview earlier, or uh, actually, I guess late last week at this point, cause it's Tuesday. Um, but he made uh, comments about the White Sox and feeling disrespected and uh, about them not being a family. I have yeah. not talked to you about this, so let me get your take on, we on have this. Not. <sighs> um, I'll make this short, actually. Uh, my thought is is he's not saying anything the rest of us that weren't already thinking, or at least a large majority of us about the, already About thinking. the team's performance. Yeah, the team's performance was not good. Uh, there was, to me, it was obvious. I don't know if it was obvious to everybody else, but you and I have talked about this. It just seemed like there was a, a disjointed feel amongst the guys in the clubhouse. They didn't look like a family. Jose is just kind of stating things that I pretty much had already drawn assumptions to. So I'll just leave it at that. For him to kind of throw it out there, though, just kind of confirms some of the things that we had talked about. And had thoughts of on our own. Uh, I, you know, a lot of people are like, uh, you know, there are people that were like wishing he would have stayed are now like jumping on him for making these comments. So how can he say that? How can he do that? He's not a leader. Well, here's the thing: we've all we've always known that Jose's way of leading, and we've known this for years. He was nine years with the club, and he was always the lead by example type of guy. He was never the big clubhouse voice. So, you know, I take that part of it with a grain of salt. But everything else that he said, yeah, it didn't feel like a family, didn't look like a family, and the performance wasn't there. And I, a lot of those feelings go away when you're winning. You know what I mean? So I can only hope that Pedro Gafal, his new staff, and all the changes that are being made organizationally from top to bottom are going to put them back in a culture of winning. And maybe we don't have to worry about comments like that for a while. Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts on Jose's comments? I'm just going to throw this out there. When was the last time that you heard a free agent 
that left a team not by their own choice that was happy about it. Right. Never. Right. You know, especially one that we all thought was going to be a White Sox player forever and even maybe a team ambassador and beyond. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody that we we always thought he was taking those team friendly deals because Uncle Jer was uh, promising him, uh, you know, part of the kingdom after he retired. So I don't know, man, but that's a good point. What's up there, John Rudels? Um, Rudels. So, yeah, I just I'm just going to throw that out there is that I, you know. They gave they gave the man a lot of money. He played here. They gave him the opportunity to play here. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm, you know, I'm not going company guy on, on, on this. But at some point in time, the team, you know, Bill Belichick was kind of famous for doing this, of letting guys walk before they got bad. You know, it might it might be a year or two until that happened. But the thing is, is that, you can't hold on to these guys forever because otherwise you end up with the last two seasons of Paul Canerco. And that's, you know, in the quote unquote contention years that this team's supposed to be trying to go after keeping a guy that you're afraid that um, he's going to regress and have issues uh, with, you know, health or putting up numbers in general. You can't keep guys like that forever, especially when you spent a first round draft pick on the heir apparent and he's you're sending him out to right field or left field, a position that he should not be in, you know, for a hundred and, you know, a hundred and so, hundred and something. I don't, I don't remember how many games he played in the outfield last year, but it was too many. And his body paid the price. And it slowed down his. I would. I am. Am imagining now. I'm not a hundred percent certain. We'll find out this year. Uh, if he slows down again later on in the year, if it's just like his his thing, and he just wears down, you know. But uh, you know, you have to imagine that that took a toll on his body, and not having your legs yeah. underneath you, and being just physically tired from playing a position that your body is not used it's to, not that or to mention. It wasn't just last season. He spent a, a lot of time in the outfield the season before. And uh, I know you see Juki's comment in the chat, and I'm not going to address that because that's <laughs> oh, a I rabbit will. hole. That's a rabbit hole that I, you know, you be stuck. But go ahead. Have at it, buddy. <laughs> so Juki says Bill Belichick was also known for using any means to cheat. I will hundred percent agree with that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna okay. disagree with that. I'm just simply <laughs> throwing out from a GM personnel viewpoint that it's better for the franchise generally to cut ties before you allow a contract to become an albatross because somebody can't perform to what they used to. Uh, right. Thank you for exactly. the follow, uh, mysterious. Appreciate it. Yeah, lots of new followers. Yeah, man, thank man. you for appreciate that. Guys, all appreciate you guys. It. Thanks for checking in. Thanks for listening, watching. Hope you enjoy yourselves. We'll try to. Oh. Kind of in there. Ian's, Ian's being funny tonight. 
So uh, let's go ahead and move along here. Uh, yeah. Another guy that is putting up really nice numbers, Elvis Andrews. And this is one of those things, you know, we, we've we talked about this, you know, that uh, we weren't 100% sure whether we wanted Elvis Andrews back because we wanted to see what we had. And uh, I will go ahead and say that this is the Aloy We See You player because we weren't expecting this and pretty happy about it. So go ahead and give that okay. up. Um, so Elvis Andrews, granted, we're looking at a, a smaller sample size here with the, the amount of at-bats, but uh, he's hitting 545, 615, 1182. Good for a 1797 OPS. Now, obviously, you are not going to see this for the rest of the season. It's not, you know, but, <laughs> no. but, but this is what it's we like, saw for a small sample size last year for a little while before he before he cooled down for a little bit uh, towards the end of the season. But he's got two doubles, a triple, a home run, two walks, and one strikeout. Yeah, that's that's nice. Plus I mean, the that's defense. Real nice. Very good defense. You know, maybe, maybe that whatever it was that he said he figured out what was going on with his elbow or, you know, ever since he had the the elbow injury and whatever he figured out after coming here, whether it was somebody on the team that kind of helped and worked through something. I, I mean, I hope that that's something that sticks. Maybe he's found something, you know, he's found the fountain of youth and he's found something in his game that hopefully is repeatable. I Many mean, times over. Yeah, that would be that'd be fantastic. And um, I would be happy to say and you know that I got egg on my face because you know, I don't mind having him on the team, but I always thought or you know, I shouldn't say always, but since the offseason started, I thought I'd kind of rather see Lenin or Romy, even though we've seen a little bit of both of them. I wanted to see, you know, more than just a small sample size and see what we got. But the way all of us is performing right now, if that continues, geez, we were going to have a very talented second baseman. Uh, yeah. And the thing was, you know, that he was uncomfortable for the first game saying it was weird to play at second base. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring up a highlight from earlier today uh, for a uh, double play that he, he made earlier. Go ahead and bring that up right now. Yeah. Check that out. Forty degree weather. On the ground at shortstop. Gonzalez to second to get one, and that is a nice double play to Yeah, fantastic. So uh letter enjoyer says elvis about to f around and get mvp mv mvp votes this year which that i mean i wouldn't be mad about it it's it's so shocking that i couldn't <laughs> even say it um <laughs> yeah no um yeah i'm not gonna go there yet but i mean if it happens whew, I'll, I'll, yeah insane i mean like the seeing that kind of infield play and you know we've got eric gonzalez who's you know kind of a, a journeyman role player uh and utility guy at shortstop um and i think that you know his range is 
probably comparable to TA. I'd have to look at the uh, the UZR on it, but I, I would assume it's probably roughly around the same because TA does have very good range. Uh, would he be able to turn that? That I don't know because um, that was pretty pretty athletic and his throw was on point, um, which is uh, it, one of those things that we've talked about. <laughs> look, if, if I can get 65, 70% of that out of a second baseman who can hit, I don't know, you know, with a 700 OPS for the entire season, driving a couple of runs. That's, I mean, we've been talking about a hole at second base for what seems like decades. And uh, if you can do, Let's just say 75, 80%. I'm not going to go as low as 65, but you get 80% of what Elvis Andrews is doing right now in spring training. Aside from that just ridiculous OPS number, because that's never going to stay that way. 1700 plus. Uh, you well, know, I shh, shh. watch your mouth. Maybe it will. Okay, whatever. Let's, Keep yeah, it up. Let it go. Let it. That, let it well, go. I mean, that, that's not that's not effing around and getting a couple of MVP votes. That's getting all of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's first place for everything. Uh, that's that he even get NL MVP votes <laughs> for that. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, man. I mean, we go from not having a second baseman in forever since like what Gooch, really, in my opinion, hundred percent to you know now we get that and i didn't i wasn't necessarily looking for it in in him no me either. Uh, yeah i'd be ecstatic absolutely ecstatic so i just wanted to uh, highlight a couple of other uh guys that are doing things in uh spring training here and you know again i will put the disclaimer we are 10 games into spring training uh however uh yes Hitting 417 with a 1217 OPS. Now, looks spry. We have talked about this <laughs> numerous times that the guy was broken down last year, and that's why his performance was terrible. And uh, by the look of things, uh, you know, like you said, he looks spry. His swing looks like he's. A heck of a lot better. I mean, he's got a couple of strikeouts, you know, and he doesn't look like he's working. Uh, it doesn't look like he's working counts necessarily as much. But the good thing is, is that he's not necessarily working counts as much because when a pitch is over the middle of the plate, he's hitting it and he's generally hitting it pretty hard. Yeah, um, there. I mean, there were times it looked like he was in so much pain last year. He just didn't want to swing the bat. Now he wants to swing the bat at everything. That tells me he's feeling pretty stinking good. And, you know. A guy with the type of eye that Yasmani Grandal has, that doesn't just go away. I think he's just using spring as a springboard like into yeah, into the uh into the regular season. I think he he's feeling good. He wants to show everybody he's feeling good. I think he's pretty proud of the progress he's made because I know I would be if I were him, but he looks like a completely different guy this year. Yeah, well, he I mean, smiles. He's in great shape, and he's moving. Now, I don't want to say he's fleet of foot by any means because he's still Yasmani Grandal, but he definitely looks slow. like he's 
he's yeah, <laughs> he's still probably the slowest guy in baseball. Unfortunately. Oh, I but, don't know. I don't know. Well, I guess Yachty's out of baseball now, so he's not he's mm. not the second slowest guy in baseball. Because last year, I want to say that he was second ahead of Yachty, but I could be wrong. He might have been just behind Yachty. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. Either way, he just he's just he's exuding an energy that we have not seen from him in almost two years. Yeah, which is fantastic. It's, you know, and I don't care. We can talk about spring training results all we want. This is different. This is this is where the eye test for me comes in, where we throw the stats out the window and we actually look at the player and we see what he's doing. This is that time, and I'm looking at the player, and he's a different person. 100%. Thanks for the follower, Volting. Appreciate it. Yes, um, thank you. Yeah, so uh, another guy uh, that is also doing things, and this, this, this one for me was very unexpected uh, just due to his age. Now, he's moved into the top 100 in prospect lists uh, on a couple of the the big boppers as far as that goes. But Brian Ramos, he's also, just like Yaz, hitting 417. Uh, his OPS is a little bit lower. He's 879. But, you know. He sucks. Cut him. He's, um, <laughs> he, his, his fielding still looks like it needs uh, polishing. For sure, um, he was involved in those two uh, really ugly infield pop flies early in spring training. Yeah, but, with uh, old Jake. Jake yeah, but Rake. he's the the thing about him is that he is so young, and despite whether he is going up against guys in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, where it's guys who are just roster filler for spring training because they need to get guys innings or whether it's him starting because they're putting out, you know, pseudo, you know, like kind of, you know, just a hundred percent filler like they did the other day. Um, He's still getting hits and he does not look like he is overmatched to a point, you know, Um, great minds, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> not overmatched too badly. Uh, there, there have definitely been some at bats where he looked bad. Uh, case in that point, happens to the best of them, though, man. No, a hundred percent. But I mean, his uh, his at bat against uh, I'm blanking on his name is the uh, he was like the number one pitching prospect for the Angels for a long time, and I'm his name's just escaping me right now. But uh, he did Colas and Ramos both really dirty uh, in one of the first games that we saw. And, um, you know, against elite breaking balls, Ramos has looked overmatched. But just due to the fact that the guys more or less got 100 ABs in double-A, for him to be coming out in this spring training and still going out there and putting competitive at bats together, hitting four seventeen, that says that he is a true prospect, and that you know people are not just looking at him because he's better than other prospects on the White Sox system. He's actually out there and competing and putting together some some decent at bats and some gritty at bats as well. Um driving in some runs in uh, key spots. You know, he had the uh, game-winning infield single against the Texas Rangers. I mean, granted, didn't hit it, you know, super hard. Uh, It's mostly choppy. But uh, 
the fact that he's still getting these things done and he's looks like he's working hard. It's uh, it's really nice to see out of uh, a guy that uh, you know we were hoping has that prospect profile and can keep on climbing. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and it, it just to kind of piggyback off what you're saying there. You know, I got a little uh, tired of hearing. You know, last season, well, the White Sox farm system is garbage. It's it's trash because it's ranked, you know, 28, 29, 30, wherever, you know, whoever, whatever source you were looking at, it was in the, you know, the bottom three most of the season last year, if not all the season last year. And I got so sick and tired of hearing that because you and I, what we do here, we know better. We know that that's not going to stay that way because there are guys in the organization that are going to climb those ranks and bring that ranking overall as a farm system back up again a little bit. Uh, but it's it's nice to see that, you know, like you said, a guy that has that, you know, that potential that we hope can be, you know, something of an everyday you know, MLB starter at the, at the big league club. That's awesome to see. It really is. It's, it's, it's great to see. And I think it'll probably kind of, you know, back the dogs off a little bit on those people that are whining about the farm system. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's still the fact that, uh, that the farm system is like it was when we had Yohan Moncada and Kopech and Dylan Cease and, uh, Luis Robert, you know, down there in Aloy, like it's still like that where it's top heavy. Um, But I have to say that over the last few years uh, that the floor has been raised. Absolutely. And one of the one of the issues that I always have with these prospect rankings from these people is a they watch five or six games and then look at at uh, box scores for the most part. And they also fall in love with 17 or 18 year old guys from the Dominican or Panama or Venezuela that nobody's seen yet in the DSL against subpar competition and guys who are end up going to end up being traded two or three times because they're, you know, hooked up in these, these huge deals for, superstars because teams like the Padres have a wealth of these guys that are really young that guys fall in love with the tools. And the thing is, can they play baseball? Who knows? So I, like I, I put some stock into, uh, into these rankings, but I don't, I don't completely swallow them as being the be all end all of the worth of a system. And that's, that's where, I'll just go ahead and leave that one there. I'm not going to talk about anybody in particular, but, you know, like I look at, you know, some of these lists and I'm just like, have you guys even watched these guys? Because sometimes the, you know, one and one doesn't add up, you know? So no. And there are guys on those where I go, you know, just in house in, let's just say in, on the white Sox list of top 30 prospects within the system. I think there are some mistakes just there. You know, I almost said irregardless. Irregardless, not a word. Yeah, yeah, thank you, exactly. 
no, regardless of you know what the top 100 or top 150 are across all MLB, I, I feel like there's a guy, a few guys in the White Sox farm system that are ranked out of order. And again, sure. like you said, I'll just kind of leave it at that. Um, so my last, uh, I'm mostly just doing hitters because we haven't seen enough of these pitchers to know what's going on. So if you guys are wondering why I'm not talking about pitchers, this is why. Um, we've seen some good things out of some of the guys and seen some uh, some promising things out of a couple of them. But Yeah, it generally takes pitchers a little bit longer than hitters to come along in spring anyway. Yeah, after seeing like one inning out of a guy or seeing like four innings out of a guy, I'm not gonna get yeah, you too, can't pass uh, any judgment on that. Yeah, I'm not gonna get too crazy about it. But uh Hanser Alberto. Now, if you happen to listen to the uh NBC Sports Chicago podcast, uh there was a Chuck Chuck uh, R. Chuck uh, expose on Hanser Alberto and he had um, Pedro Grafal on there and he had uh, um, Salvador Perez from the Royals ex-teammate um, on there talking about what an amazing teammate he had the uh, what the GM of the Dodgers on there talking about what an amazing teammate Hanser Alberto is and this is you know one of those things that some people say that, you know, when you start hearing guys getting pumped up on that podcast, that that's a somewhat of a precursor to what you're going to see with the big league club. And uh, regardless of whether or not the, the numbers match up with what, you know, Chuck is pumping on those, on those podcasts. Um, but answer Alberto is hitting 471, 50765 for a 1265 OPS. He's got three doubles, a triple, a walk, and a strikeout. And he plays yeah. good defense. And apparently, from what everybody says, is that this guy is the best teammate any of them have ever had. Can't be mad about that. No. And uh that's probably, you know I when he was signed, I was like Okay, well, I know the Dodgers liked him last year and that they were fond of him. But um, I wasn't necessarily expecting him to take a job from Lenin Sosa or Romy. And uh, we'll we'll talk about them in a second. Um, yeah. But uh, then he comes out and uh, his, his deal is that he kills, uh, what is that, left-handed pitching, whatever. And... Uh, yeah, his his numbers so far have been absolutely absurd. And uh, if this is, you know, if this is the kind of guy who is going to set the clubhouse right and have everybody feeling light and uh, and happy and having a good time and taking their mind off of things, this is a great signing that you cannot, you know, I I would imagine there's no shot that he doesn't make the club after hearing yeah. all that stuff. No, I mean, you know, we, we've talked about it a little bit earlier in this show. We've been talking about it since, you know, a year and a half ago, at least, where there was just this feeling of a disjointed clubhouse and a, and a, a, a dysfunctional team as a whole. 
and to hear the positives that are coming around about a handful of these guys, you just, you know, we got Billy Hamilton back, who's always been considered a great clubhouse guy, and the White Sox loved him his first run here in Chicago. Uh, you've got Hans Alberto. We, you know, we just got all these guys that we we're talking about that just seem to be uh, on the positive side of attitude, and you know, just that maybe that, that that fire that's been missing was that. You know, if we can get a group of guys that are a single group of guys, a team, one single team together, which hasn't felt that way in years. I mean, that alone could, could net you some wins just in the energy that they're going to bring to the field. You know, I, I hate to put a lot of stock into anything in spring training, right? Uh, Oh, I kind of poo-pooed on this team a lot this offseason. There was, after the the season of disappointment last year, it was real easy to do. You know, it was real easy to get down. But, you know, we saw TLR make his exit just at, uh, you know, right at the end of the season there. Uh, we've seen the organizational shift in, you know, biomechanics and and more uh analytics and just you know guys that are, are are looking to bring this team into the 21st century and now you get the positives in the clubhouse too ah, you know it's it's tough to not have some optimism some form of optimism with this with this ball club right now yeah we lost Jose whatever Yep, it's but, it's unfortunate, but uh, what are you going to do? You know. Yeah, um, and it's funny how I can my my mindset can shift here because it wasn't that long ago where I was peeved. Just so uh, I also wanted to bring up, uh, you know, and, and close on, <clears throat> not necessarily close on this because we got some other things going on here um, that if you're watching the stream, you can see. But uh, I wanted to. Uh, bring up guys that are struggling and um, not, not saying that, uh, you know, that I want any of them gone or that they don't have a spot on the team or whatever. Um, But I just wanted to uh, bring up some things because, uh, you know, speaking of Lenin and Romy specifically about the uh, Henser Alberto stuff, um, I think it makes sense to um to bring up why they might be in a bit of a tough spot when it comes to uh you know a roster spot when when things come down to uh to the wire here with the uh roster decisions. And uh it's Romy is hitting 067 and he's 1 for 15 and he has his at-bats have been pretty rough, and, you know, when we talk about being overmatched, uh, he has looked overmatched. It's been it's been kind of tough to watch, you know, because I, I like Romy a lot, and uh, I know that, he, you know, he puts in a, a ton of work, and um, he wants to be good. Um, it's not going to be for a lack of effort that, that he does not succeed, but right now... Things have not been going his way. 
you know, with Hanser, Alberto, and uh, Elvis Andrews playing really well, and with the money that's owed to our uh, to the legend um, Berger, five for twenty two. So after going off and uh, doing some things uh, for you know the first couple of days of uh, spring training, you know uh, we're looking at you know not what we were hoping for from him, you know? So, uh, you know, it's, it's just not, not been, not been a good week for, for Jake since, uh, that first couple of days of, uh, of raking. Yeah. Uh, Hey, by the way, it is 10 1 PM here. Yep. Central time. So, uh, the WBC is, uh, officially underway. So, uh, Happy classicking to uh, everybody that's listening. Yeah. Um, if there is a uh, important at bat, you will uh, you will know about it if you're watching the stream here, and you'll hear us talking about it, no doubt. Um, Gavin Sheets, four for seventeen. Let you know, hit the first home run of spring training, and since then, you know, he's his hits are spread out. You know, I think he had an RBI the other day as well, but not not really a whole lot of. Good stuff coming from him either. Um, uh, ben and and Hamilton, both one for nine. Uh, you both used fairly sparingly. You know, we're 10 games through and they've only got nine at bats apiece. So not really a whole lot of sample size there. And I don't expect, you know, that kind of uh, performance from. No, but I did hear anyway. in some uh, some of the practice stuff that was going on. Ben and was actually putting some good swings in back there. Mm. Uh, in the cage and, you know, some other places where they were working with them. So nice. Uh, you know, that was, uh, that was just something that I heard from a friend of mine who was actually down there. So oh, killer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's put some good swings on the ball, just the results haven't been there yet. So I'm not worried, you know, hundred percent, not worried about him. Billy Hamilton. He's a pinch runner, you know? So, I'm not really worried about his numbers. I just, you know, figured I'd bring it up since he's hitting like uh, 157 or something. Um. Uh, also, uh, Lenin Sosa and uh, our friend uh, Zachy Flats, Mr. Remlard, are both uh, two for eleven so far this spring. Uh, also, limited limited size. Uh, both uh, him and uh, both Lenin and uh, Zach Remlar both put some sw- some swings on the ball and have hit the ball hard. Uh, it just has not, uh, you know, hasn't dropped for him. Um, I think uh, Remlar's been used as a uh, as a pinch runner. He was used as one today. Um, did uh, some nice stuff there, going at first to third on a on a play, and he's been doing okay. And uh, you know, I'm not going to be looking for, uh, you know, him to get uh, released or anything. You know, he's just going to be probably end up being the uh, AAA uh, guy that's going to be the guy if somebody gets injured up here. You know, if Rome yeah. is not the guy coming up, then it's going to be him. Think of him as like the, uh, the, the taxi squad guy that's, you know, not really the taxi squad anymore since, you know, the COVID season is behind us. But I think... You know, he is a little bit more advanced in age than some of the other guys in in the system. 
and given that he has had some, you know, limited success in in his time to come up, he's you know he's shown some spark here and there when he has made his way to the major league club for some short stints. I think it just kind of fits, you know, the role suits him at this particular stage. Yeah. No, I you know I. Yeah, what's going to happen with him is, uh, you know, like we said, he's going to end up being uh, one of those guys who's, uh, you know, fills that Danny Mendick role. And uh, if they don't want to uh, burn an option on on somebody that's, you know, playing in AAA, it'll be Zach Remillard. You know, he's a right. solid, uh, a solid defender, um, fundamentally sound and good teammate. And he's a team first guy. Just, I mean, yeah. almost a little identical. streaky with the stick, but yeah, you know. no, for sure. But I mean, it's almost identical to Danny Mendick. You know, he's the kind of guy that's team first. Will do anything that is asked of him, and will do a professional job of it. And that's pretty much what uh, I would expect out of that. So, like you had mentioned, um, World Baseball Classic starts tonight: Cuba versus the Netherlands and uh, Taiwan. Um, I didn't want to eat up too much time of, uh, you know, getting into uh, game time here. So um, I didn't want to go too long. And it uh, looks like first pitch is coming up here in a few minutes. So it worked out for perfect timing. Um, I thought I actually thought that first pitch was going to be a few minutes ago. So that's why I had it uh, ready to roll. But uh, we're still sitting here and they haven't thrown first pitch yet. So, um yeah. But uh, whitesoxdaily.substack.com is where you can find this podcast. You can also find it anywhere else you get your podcasts. Uh, you can also find written articles there from uh, some of the various staff from here. Dan Victor wrote some really nice ones last year about some of our minor league guys. Um, at Daily White Sox on Twitter, you can find uh, all sorts of highlights. Uh, you know, Right now it's only spring training stuff, uh, but during the year you get uh, – Tons and tons of minor league information um, if you are into that kind of thing. Um, also, you know, sometimes commentary, you know. Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you can find us on uh, YouTube uh, if you search White Sox Daily. Also, uh, Facebook, we have a Facebook group, so feel free to go and search for us on either of those. Please give us a follow or subscribe. And... Um, I guess I'll yeah, call it big for that. shout to all our new followers and that ah, yes. a bunch. So uh, we followers. appreciate all you guys for not just following, but checking in and, uh, you know, joining us. Uh, we really appreciate that. Yeah. So, uh, go enjoy yourself some, uh, some sweet Cuban baseball or, uh, you know, Taiwan, uh, you hey, know, like the, uh, the Netherlands, follow. if you're, uh, if you're so inclined, uh, Thanks for the follow, Proud Laundry. Appreciate it. Proud Laundry. Um, yeah, so uh, Cuba's uh, first up to uh, – up uh, taking first at bats here, taking first hacks in the top of the first. So uh, you guys go enjoy yourself some uh, – hopefully some Robert and Yoan, and uh, hopefully we see some explosive things out there. Um, yeah. My name is Ian Eskridge. For my co-host, the Danny Miller. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for the follows. Thanks for uh, hopping in the chat. And you guys have a good night, and uh, hope you enjoy some baseball. And we will talk to you guys next week. Have a good night. Bye.